Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast, where you can get the latest results, fantasy picks, and news every week in the NASCAR racing world. We just got one more spot left to fill, so let's give it to our host. Here he is, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well this week, as we just got done with a weekend where we saw two brand new races, one for the Xfinity Series as they went to Portland International Raceway, and one for the Cup Series as they went to Worldwide Technology Raceway. Both races were actually really, really good from a fan's perspective. I mean, the Portland race was action-packed. It also really helped that they had rain throughout the entire race, which in some cases, rain could be really bad, but in this case, it was a really exciting race and in the cup series at first everything was a little worrisome as we were all thinking oh my gosh this could be another short track where we see hardly any passing but the action stayed throughout the race whether it was good racing up front or revenge going on in the back yes you heard me right there were some cases where a lot of retaliation was going on were these drivers successful or not in their retaliations well we're going to talk about it all here in today's episode where we will look at the biggest ups the biggest downs, and the biggest takeaways from each and every race here in NASCAR's top three division. Let's first start off with the first race of the weekend at Worldwide Technology Raceway. It was the only race where it wasn't a brand new track for the series. This is the Camping World Truck Series for their 11th race of the season. So without further ado, let's dive into it. It's the final results for the annual Toyota 200. Alright, as we always do, we're going to look at a few statistics before we dive into the final results. We had a total of 39 trucks enter into this race, which meant three trucks were going to miss out on the main event. Those trucks being the number 20 of Matt Mills, the number 90 of Justin Carroll, and the number 43 of Blake Lathorian. I could have said that last name wrong. Hopefully I did not. But unfortunate for these teams, I know that the 90 truck team is a fairly newer team to the 2022 season. They've been running mostly a part-time series schedule. The number 43 truck, I think, was initially a part-time truck, but they made quite a few races. Now, unfortunately, they're starting to miss races. And the number 20 for Spencer Boyd Motorsports. This has got to be really tough for that team. When they had three trucks making it in every single weekend, now they have one truck struggling left and right. That's really brutal for that team. We had 11 cautions for 54 laps which means about 33% of the race was ran under caution. 11 lead changes amongst nine different drivers. And believe it or not, out of these nine drivers, quite a few of them led more than 10 laps, which means it was a good action-packed race up front. In the end, though, it was a rookie that actually got the win. If that wasn't impressive enough, how about a rookie who's running part-time this year and got already their second victory of the season? Of course, I'm talking about the number 51 of Corey Heim collects the victory after leading 20 laps. He is your winner of the 11th race of the 2022 season here for the Truck Series. Finishing second, we have the number 98 of Christian Eckes. Finishing third was the number 18 of Chandler Smith. Finishing fourth was the number 52 of Stuart Friesen. Finishing fifth was the number 13 of Johnny Sauter. In the sixth spot, we have the number 25 of Matt Benedetto. Finishing seventh was the number 19 of Derek Cross. Finishing eighth was the number 99 of Ben Rhodes. Finishing ninth was the number 38 of Zane Smith. And rounding out the top 10, we have the number 61 of Chase Purdy. A few drivers who finished outside the top 10 that we should mention. Finishing 11th was number 7 of Raha Karuth. Finishing 
12th was the number 88 of Matt Crafton. Going down the roster in the 15th position, we have the number 1 of Haley Deegan with Jordan Anderson in the number 3 right behind her in the 16th position. Going down, we have the number 42 of Carson Hosefar out due to an accident on the final lap. We will talk about that incident. And then we got Spencer Boyd in the number 12, finishing 31st, out due to electrical problems on lap number 151. Ty Majeski, he was able to finish this race, but unfortunately finished 29 laps down, finishing 32nd overall. John Hunter Nemechek, who had a victory in the bag earlier this season, unfortunately does not finish this race, out by lap number 57. And then rounding out the field, in the 36th position, we have the number 17 truck of Taylor Gray, out by lap number 45 here in this race. And that's your final results here for the annual Toyota 200. So first things first, big shout out to Corey Heim as he won the Triple Truck Challenge. And he's already gotten his second win of the season. And he's only ran six races this season. That just shows how good this driver is. Now granted, his finishes have been a little inconsistent this year. I mean, he has three finishes that are seventh or better. And then he has three finishes 23rd or worst. So definitely in and out, but he's still a brand new driver, and I'd love to see him go full-time next year. I think that is the plan, but without a doubt, just a great performance by him to be able to get that win. And it wasn't like he clearly ran away with this race. There was a lot of cars who led quite a few laps, and I know I said cars, I meant to say trucks, including the number 18 of Chandler Smith, who by the way finished in the top three, and he got spun out at one point and had a lot of damage to the back end of his truck, and he was able to finish in the top three. Stuart Friesen had so many problems in this race. However, he still led 13 laps, finished inside the top five. Ben Rhodes, he led 43 laps. He had some problems with his truck. The number 38 of Zane Smith had problems with his truck. All these guys were able to finish in the top 10. So one of the biggest things from this race was it didn't matter if you ran into some troubles in this race. It was how fast could you recover because basically I'm looking at this top 10 and at least half of them ran into some problems in this race. One driver who really did impress me was the number 19 of Derek Cross. He finished in the seventh position. That number 19 truck has been pretty racy out of quite a few races. Unfortunately, he just hasn't gotten his victory yet. And if he has a race similar to this one at Worldwide Technology Raceway, his win is going to come this year. But unfortunately for the team, they have been struggling quite a bit. So hopefully this is a sign for steps in the right direction for this team. And maybe, just maybe, you might see that Napa number 19 truck in victory lane. A driver who kind of had a bummer of a race definitely was the number four of John Hunter Nemechek. He was running up in the top five the entire race and then gets caught up into an accident. Uh, the exit turned four and that really surprised me that he was not able to continue forward because yes, he did have damage on that truck. It was evident that he was not going to be able to win this race. But so did a lot of other drivers in this race. They all got a lot of damage, and they were still able to continue. The only one I can think of that wasn't able to continue was the number 23 of Grant Inferior. Of course, he slammed into the wall. But to see John Hunter Nemechek with minimal damage and not able to meet speed on the racetrack, kind of a head-scratcher for me. I, I really thought they were able to get that truck back going. They just weren't able to do so. Uh, big down for the Gray brothers, Tanner Gray and Taylor Gray. They had a really bummer of a race, and it wasn't like they were running crappy in this race. They were actually running fairly decent inside the top 10 at a few points for both trucks. But unfortunately, Taylor Gray gets taken out going into turns 3 and 4 by, I do believe it was Matt Crafton. I could be wrong with that. I could be mixing that up with an incident that happened between Matt Crafton and Carson Hosevar. That took the number 17 truck out, and then the number 15 truck wrecks with just a few laps to go. I think it was just three to go. 
and both of them finished 30th and 36th. So for David Gillen Racing, not a good turnout, but hey, at least Haley Deegan was able to stay out of trouble, finish on the lead lap, and finish 15th in this race. At least they got one thing to look um, on the positive side for, and that is the number one truck who's been struggling so bad this year, finally gets another decent finish for the number one team. Another down that we need to talk about is the number 42 of Carson Hosefar. And no, it's not because he had a really bad race or anything like that. He had actually a pretty decent race. I don't think he was really going to be a factor to win the race, but definitely a good top 10. Here's why he is a down. Because if you watched the race, on the final lap, there was an incident which locked in Corey Heim for his second win of the 2022 season. Carson Hosevar spins out in turns one and two, and he gets slammed, not just hit, but slammed by the number five of Tyler Hill on the driver's side door, which is always one of the scariest incidents that you can see on a racetrack. Unfortunately, he had to get a stretcher into the care center, and then he got sent to a local hospital. Now, there hasn't really been too many reports on Carson Hosevar or really that much of an update. I know that he is okay. He's alert, so we don't have to worry about anything super serious in that situation. But there is a chance he could potentially miss next week's race. And that would be a big bummer, especially for the Carson Hosevar fans, because he's had such a great season in that number 42 truck. There's been multiple times where he's had an opportunity to win the race, just has had something happen to him or he's made a mistake. Either way, he's been very close and everyone's saying that this year is going to be his year. Well, now he's in a situation that he's now injured and he may potentially miss the playoffs if he misses quite a few races in the next couple of weeks because we already know how difficult it is to miss uh, one race and we'll see even if NASCAR gives him a green light if he's able to run for the playoffs. Now, if he's not, then a lot of people are going to be outraged because Kyle Busch missed the first eight races of 2015 and he was able to come back and win the championship. So hopefully that's not the situation for Carson Hosefar. But I really believe he needs to get a win now at this point if he does miss a race. So I am really, really hoping for the best for Carson Hosefar. Hopefully it's just something that rattle his cage a little bit and they're just checking out, just making sure everything's good. But when you have to stay at a hospital for at least a day, something tells me that they're not going to be racing next week or potentially the week after. So hope for the best recovery for Carson Hosefar, but he finishes 24th in this race and more than likely will miss next week's race at Sonoma here in the truck series. Overall, this race was a really good race. You always have a little bit of fear of a racetrack that has a one groove because this this is what this racetrack really felt like. It felt like you had one lane, maybe another lane here and there. And most of the time you get a little worried about that because you're thinking, oh my God, it could be like a Martinsville race or a Richmond race. Those races were so boring. But then again, when you think of one groove racetracks, you also remember another racetrack that used to be like that, and it was Bristol Motor Speedway, and I really felt like this race kind of had a Bristol Motor Speedway feel. I mean, you had cars spinning around left and right, bumping and banging, a lot of trucks with a lot of damage. It was a fun race to watch. At least, at the very least, go watch the highlights for this one because this one was a really good race. A lot of people had an opportunity to win this race. Christian Eckes, if that caution doesn't come out on the final lap, he guarantees wins this race. And there was a little bit of controversy in the finish of this race as they thought there was a restart violation, but there clearly isn't. I mean, you can watch the replays. There's no restart violation. I don't even want to dive too hard into it because if there was a penalty on that, that's what all this segment would be about. 
But thank goodness that didn't happen, and Kyle Busch Motorsports gets another victory with that number 51 truck. Really good race uh, here at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Now I understand why the Cup Series got an opportunity to run a race here for this season, and we will talk about that shortly. But we got to talk about another track who finally got an opportunity to run a race in one of NASCAR's top three divisions, and that was Portland International Raceway. So let's dive into this one. This is the final results for the 14th race of the 2022 season for the Xfinity Series. Alrighty, so we had a total of 38 cars enter into this race, so nobody failed to qualify. That's really good for the Xfinity Series, especially we had so many cars trying to run full-time. Unfortunately, now that number has dropped down to 38. So, but uh, fortunate enough for those 38 cars, at least they could all race into the main event. We had nine cautions for 26 laps, which doesn't sound like that many laps, but this was only a 75-lap event. So you had one-third, more than one-third of the race ran under caution. But you had eight lead changes among six different drivers. It was dominated by one driver, but near the end of the race, it was another driver who was able to wind up on top. It's a driver who's actually won more than 10% of all Xfinity Series road course races. You already know who it is. The number 16 of AJ Allmendinger gets another win in the 2022 season. Again, another road course in that number 16 machine for Colic Racing. He is your winner here at the inaugural race at Portland International Raceway. Finishing second was the number 31 of Myatt Snyder. Good finishes for him. Finishing third was the rookie, the number 21 of Austin Hill. In the fourth spot was the number eight of Josh Berry. In the fifth spot, we had the number seven of Justin Allgaier. Finishing sixth was the number 11 of Daniel Hemrick. In the seventh spot, we have the number 54 of Ty Gibbs. Finishing eighth, the number 66 of J.J. Yaley. Good finish for him. Finishing ninth was the number nine of Noah Gregson. And rounding up the top ten, we have the number 36 of Alex LeBay. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top ten that we should mention. Finishing eleventh was the number 19 of Brandon Jones. Landon Castle in the number 10 finishes 15th overall in this race. Andy Lally in the number 44 actually led a few laps in this race and he finishes 17th overall. Going down the roster all the way down to the 28th position, we have the number 18 of Connor Massack, who was making his inaugural debut in the Xfinity Series. Unfortunately, he was out due to an accident on lap number 62. Then you got Anthony Alfredo, the pole sitter, finishing 31st, caught up in the same accident. Sheldon Creed was having a really good race here. Unfortunately, he gets caught up in an accident on lap 55, finishes 32nd. Then rounding out the field in the 38th position, we have the number one of Sam Mayer out by lap number 12, due to an accident and that's your final results here for the pacific office automations 147 so now before we dive into it let me just say something real quick if you thought there was a lot of trucks damaged in the worldwide technology race then you definitely did not watch the xfandy series race almost every single car ran to a problem because guess what they had to deal with almost the entire time in this race that was rain there was rain from beginning to end, some points it did dry up, but for the most part, we ran on rain tires, and it definitely showed here on not only the cars, but also the finish, as AJ Allmendinger, he did not have actually a good race. This race was brutal for him. He wrecked on the opening lap. Actually, it wasn't the opening lap. It was the pre-lapse. He fell off the racetrack, and they had to replace everything on the car except the engine before the race. And he was still able to get the victory. Just proves to you how great of a road course racer A.J. Allmendinger is. And it almost makes me wish that he came into the sport 
10 years later than what he actually did because he started in 2007 and then 2008 and unfortunately when he went to the cup series there was only two road course races now they have six road course races on average per season just imagine if he was start out in the cup series and he started winning races at these road courses he would be one of the most talked about drivers every single a season to be the wild card him and marcus ambrose those are two of the drivers who i wish came into the sport 10 years later but it is what it is but one thing he is doing is dominating these road course races in the xfandy series and hell doing even good in the cup series races and this proved it really well here in this portland race i mean when you have everything happen to you and you're still able to win the race that just proves to everyone you are always one of the top drivers when it comes to a road course race hands down phenomenal performance by that number 16 machine and also a phenomenal performance by the number 31 of Maya Snyder that is Jordan Anderson racing a team who didn't make hardly any races last year due to the pandemic uh, not having qualifying for the Xfinity series which took them out of many races to run but Maya Snyder comes down to this team after being let go from Richard Tillis racing and for them to finish in the second position and even win stage two is definitely a great thing for this team I hopefully this is um a step in the right direction for the team and they can be a little more competitive in future races because to finish second in a difficult race like this is huge for that team for sure a team that absolutely dominated this race but wasn't there near the end or honestly for the second half of the race was the number 54 of Ty Gibbs Ty Gibbs led almost every single lap in the first half of this race so what happened to him well Unfortunately, Ty Gibbs got himself into more trouble once again, and he got into some problems with Noah Gregson as well as Sheldon Creed. One thing about Ty Gibbs is, and I think we've said it almost every episode, is he is one of the most talented up-and-coming drivers in the sport. Here's his problem, though. He has a hard time controlling his emotions, and he causes so many enemies because of that. We already seen an incident happen between him and Sam Mayer, and it was a really brutal situation. It really damaged his credibility and his image, and now he has a situation where he spins out Noah Gregston because Noah Gregson bumps him in a turn, so he just retaliates and straight takes him out, and then gets caught up in an incident with Sheldon Creed, a rookie who was running near the front. I don't know what to think of this. I, I think you've got another Kyle Busch on your hands. I'll tell you what, a very talented driver, but a hard time to keep his emotions in check. I mean, if you have current Kyle Busch where, yeah, he's going to complain about anything that slightly goes negative uh, in his direction, then okay, fair enough. I mean, y- you can make fans of that case. I mean, there's a lot of Kyle Busch fans out there. But if you get the young Kyle Busch who used to wreck people and do some of the stupidest shit you've ever seen in the Cup Series, then who you got a problem on your hand? Of course, he's a very young driver, uh, and we hope to see a little bit more maturity as the years go by. I mean, Joe Gibbs is going to keep him down here in the Xfinity Series at least for another season after the 2022 season, which I think is going to be really good for him. But man, oh man, just to see him get passed and then take someone out in anger, yeah, you got a lot of immaturity on that number 54 car but a lot of talent for sure 
So I'm not trying to bag on him too much, but I really think that took his chances away here near the second half of the race because he had to deal with a lot of situations with drivers in the back. But still was able to ra- uh, to come back in the race. He finished seventh, and then Noah Gregson, even though he got taken out, he was able to recover and finish in the top ten. But those were some front-running cars that unfortunately just weren't there at the finish due to some incidents. One driver who was not ever able to recover was the number two of Sheldon Creed. He had a really fast car in this race. He really did. He was running near the front, and I think he led a lap in this race as well. Unfortunately, spins out, stays near the back, and gets caught up in an incident where the number 36 brakes checks him because if you did not watch the race, a lot of cars went through turn one. Uh, you know when you miss a turn, you're supposed to do a stop and go. When you immediately think of that, you think of the infield road course at Charlotte where if they miss that final turn, they got to do a stop and go before anything or they'll get black flagged and have to do a pass through on pit road. That's the same thing that happened here in turns one for the Portland race. Uh, and there was quite a few cars missing that turn throughout the entire race just because of how wet it was. And Sheldon Creed was one of them, but unfortunately another driver who did not do their stop and go immediately brake checks him and destroys his car. Absolute bummer, and he is not able to finish the race, but he does get the highlight overall here in the Portland race, and that is a two-gun salute to the number 48 of Jade Buford, who caused him to be in that accident, and that number 48 car was absolutely destroyed by the end of the race. He was still able to finish in the top 15. All I got to say is a very fun race. Uh, The drivers who impressed me the most, uh, here's my three, A.J. Allmendinger in the 16, Myatt Snyder in the number 31, and J.J. Yaley for a pitch strategy and able to hold on to the top 10 position. Good job for him. He finishes eighth in that number 66 machine. It's been a long time since I've seen a business management motorsports machine finish that high in a race. Some drivers who let me down in this race, Greg Galding in the number six, just for the simple fact that he replaced Ryan Vargas in that machine because they had a lot of hope for him, and he wrecked immediately, like on lap number 27, absolutely destroyed the car. So he gets it down for me. Riley Herbst, just for the simple fact that he gets caught up in an accident early in this race and wasn't even a factor. And Anthony Alfredo, once he left the front of the field, didn't even lead a lap in this race, but he was running near the front, but once he got shuffled to the back, it was game over for that number 23 machine. I think those are the three biggest downs, and overall, this race was a lot of fun. You gotta watch the highlights. It's just a crazy action-packed road course race in the rain. I mean, you wouldn't expect anything less from a race like that. Hopefully, when they return to Portland, if they return to Portland next year, it's a dry racetrack, so we get to see what it can provide for the fans in that kind of situation. Now let's move on to the biggest race of the weekend. We got to look at the Cup Series race for the debut of a new racetrack in the Cup Series schedule. It is now time to look at the Enjoy Illinois 300, the inaugural race at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Alrighty, once again, we did not have any open charter cars tried to make this race, so only 36 cars were on the entry list. 10 cautions for 53 laps. That's about 20% of the race. So it was a caution-filled race for sure. And then 12 lead changes amongst nine different drivers. May not be the most lead changes that we have seen in the last few races here in the Cup Series, but it was still actually a really good race up front as you had a lot of drivers with an opportunity to win the race. In the end, though, 
It was a driver who looked really good in practice, really good in qualifying. It looked like the first half of the race he was struggling, but he was able to find it near the end. I'm talking about the driver who usually dominates brand new racetracks. The number 22 of Joey Logano is in victory lane for the second time here in the 2022 season. In that Shell Penn's oil machine, he is your winner of the Enjoy Illinois 300, the 15th race of the 2022 season here in the NASCAR Cup Series. Finishing second, we have the number 18 of Kyle Busch. Finishing third was his brother, the number 45 of Kurt Busch. Finishing fourth was the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. In the fifth spot was the number 10 of Eric Amarola. Finishing sixth was the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. Seventh was the number 43 of Eric Jones. Finishing eighth was the number one of Ross Chastain. Finishing ninth was the number 20 of Christopher Bell. Ryan of the top 10, the Xfinity Series winner, the number 16 of AJ Allmendinger. Good finish for him. Finishing 11th, we have the number two of Austin Sindrick. Finishing 12th was the number five of Kyle Larson. In the 13th spot was the number 48 of Alex Bowman. Finishing 14th, the number 31 of Justin Haley. Finishing 15th was the number three of Austin Dillon. Finishing 16th was the number 8 of Tyler Reddick and the 17th spot was the number 17 of Zane Smith substituting for the COVID positive uh, Chris Busher. Finishing 18th was the number 34 of Michael McDowell. Finishing 19th was the number 24 of William Byron and round of the top 20 was the number 6 of Brad Keselowski. Some notable drivers who finished outside the top 20 that we should mention. Chase Elliott finished 21st followed by Chase Briscoe the pole sitter finishing 24th. Moving down the roster, finishing in the 33rd position, we have the number 4, Kevin Harvick, with the number 11 of Denny Hamlin finishing 34th, and then rounding out the field, out due to engine problems on lap number 72, we have the number 7 of Corey LaJoy. And that is your final results here for the Enjoy Illinois 300 here at Worldwide Technology Raceway. So first things first, I gotta talk about this. I finally predicted a winner in a Cup Series race for the 2022 season. Took me 15 tries, but I finally got it right. For those of you who do not know on TikTok, I predict a winner as well as show everyone my six fantasy picks. And I haven't gotten one right at all this season. Until now, I went with Joey Logano, mostly because of the practice and qualifying speeds, but I was also banking on the fact that he did really good at Darlington. And thank God it finally paid off. I finally got a driver right. So whoop-de-doo for me. That looks really, really bad as someone who uh, tells people who to pick for fantasies, but it is what it is. I find At least I got one right so far this season. I could have went 0-36, and that would have been brutal. But Joey Logano did really good in this race. Honestly, it was a track that we thought he would do fairly decent at as one. He's good at new tracks. I don't know what it is. He just knows how to figure them out. I mean, for God's sakes, he won a dirt race when nobody thought he would win a dirt race. He won a quarter-mile racetrack where you haven't seen the Cup Series run in over 50 years at a quarter-mile racetrack, and he wins it. So he just has an act for doing really good at new racetracks, and it doesn't matter what type of racetrack it is. So congrats to him. He was able to hold off Kyle Busch, who had a really good car throughout the race, and I figured if there was maybe two more laps to go, we could have saw something potentially different happen up front but Kyle Busch was not able to catch up to him so he will settle with the second place position and good job by the number 45 Kurt Busch one stage two actually looked really decent in this race and he was really someone I did not think would be that decent but he proved me wrong and he finishes third so really good job for him the drivers who absolutely let me down was the entire Henrik organization not one of them finished in the top 10 Alex Bowman may have had the best chance, but he was really a 12th place car. Kyle Larson, who was a favorite for a lot of people, including myself, 
He was not a factor at all in this race. Didn't lead a single lap. Had a fourth place finish in stage two, but that's about it. Chase Elliott, yeah, he was running around the top 10, and then he got caught up in an incident with a driver we'll talk about shortly. He finishes outside the top 20, and then William Byron was probably the biggest disappointment out of the Henrik camp. He was not a factor at all in this race. At best, he was going to finish 15th, so a big bummer out of the Henrik camp overall. When you don't get a single car finishing in the top 10, that is a bad weekend for sure. A team who looked really good in this race, unfortunately, the finish may not... Um, show it for all these drivers, but Stuart Haas Racing looked really good in this race. Uh, Eric Amarola ran around the top five almost the entire race. He, in fact, he scored some of the most points out of anybody here in this race, so great job by him, and he was someone I completely missed out, but you know what? I should have honestly thought more about this because this track is similar to New Hampshire, and what was the track that he absolutely did great at last year? New Hampshire, so if this track comes back once, oh wait, never mind. He's retiring after this year. Well, you know, keep an eye on him on New Hampshire. How about that? He is bound to get another good finish there, and he just proved it because he had a really good finish here at Worldwide Technology Raceway, a track that's semi semi similar to New Hampshire. But let's talk about the other drivers. Cole Custer. Cole Custer has had a brutal season, like an absolute brutal season. Hasn't been mentioned hardly at all. He was running around the top 10 for the most part of this race. Unfortunately, gets caught up in an accident and um, not really too much of an accident. He hits the wall, kind of bangs up his car. He finishes on the lead lap somehow, but he finishes 29th. If that doesn't happen, he's bound to finish in the top 10. Kevin Harvick, he was looking to finish in the top five. Even though he did not get any stage points, he still had a pretty decent race. Unfortunately, he gets a tire that goes down on him, and he finishes 33rd. So that was an absolute bummer for him. Just 10 laps short of getting a solid finish here in this race. And then Chase Briscoe, he led 27 laps in this race. He was a pole sitter, and he too ran to some bad luck. But like I said, the finish does not equal the performance that Stuart Haas Racing had. They finally had a decent race. Now they just got to finish it out. But maybe this is a telltale sign that, one, they're going to do good at a racetrack that's similar to this. I keep pointing back in New Hampshire. Keep an eye on that. But two, the team could be improving as a whole, something we haven't really seen in almost 18 months. So let's hope that that's the case for that team because we need this top-tier team to be running up front once again because they got some talented drivers, and unfortunately, it's just not working out for them as far as back as 2021, and it has been a struggle for that team. Toyota's really impressed us in this race. They really did. I think the only one who didn't really show up was the number 23 of Bubba Wallace. I think Bubba Wallace, he hit the wall at one point. No, he spun out because of Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who was a big bummer in this race. We'll talk about him in a second. But the Toyotas did really good in this race, and so did Penske. Those were the top two teams for sure and I of course I'm saying Toyota as a whole as a team because they got the affiliated of 2311 it's basically Joe Gibbs racing 0.5 there's no other way to put it but they all ran really good and so did Penske I mean Austin Sindrick had a really good race he won the first stage led 26 laps and just barely finished outside the top 10 now let's talk about some drivers who just seem to have pissed off everybody who we need to talk about here first one being the number one of Ross Chastain Holy schmoly! We know he was an aggressive driver, but he pissed off everybody, especially the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. Now, if you did not watch this race, Denny Hamlin had a really good car. He was running around the top five, similar to Ross Chastain, who's had really a good car in almost every single race. 
Ross Chastain takes him out in one of the turns, and it was a pretty bad move by Ross Chastain. I'm not going to give him any kind of credit like or any kind of excuse like, oh my gosh, it wasn't really his fault. It was his fault. There's, And I don't think many people would argue with me on that one. The way Denny Hamlin, though, reacted after this incident was really bad, like extremely bad, because if you watch this race, you saw some of the craziest retaliation that I've seen in quite a long time. This is almost comparable to Matt Kenseth and Joey Logano, or Jeff Gordon and Clint Boyer. The only difference was Denny Hamlin, for the life of him, could not give him payback. He just couldn't. At one point, they were going about 50 miles slower than everyone else, dodging and weaving each other. It almost felt like an iRacing simulator where someone gets pissed off at the other. It was absolutely insane. Never seen that in the Cup Series. And to be honest, I think both drivers should be really ashamed of that. Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin, you you had your one chance to take him out, and you failed, and then you tried again. You almost reminded me of Danica Patrick. Remember when Danica Patrick tried to take out the number 38? I do believe it was David Gillen at the time. It was one of the most embarrassing incidents that I saw. And if you do not remember, I think it was 2015 Martinsville, if not 2014 of Martinsville. Just embarrassing. Denny Hamlin was almost similar to that in this situation. And I think he kind of proved to a lot of people why he's not a champion yet. I do understand his anger. Like, don't get me wrong. He had every right to be angry at Ross Chastain. The only problem is when you fail your first time, you got to move on or talk about it on pit road to be dodging and weaving like that, like almost a video game. Come on. Come on, man. You've been in the sport for 16 years now. You got to act like it. Yes, Kyle Busch had some terrible incidents that happened to him. Well, not to him. He was the one who caused it. But you wouldn't expect that nowadays. Denny Hamlin's still doing that. So definitely his emotions got the best of him. Uh, But going back to Ross Chastain, it wasn't just Denny Hamlin he took out. He also took out Chase Elliott. Now, Chase Elliott did get his payback. He bumped into him and almost wrecked Ross Chastain. And that was the end of that. But Ross Chastain just had a brutal race, pissed off a lot of people. He is an aggressive driver, but even he said, yeah, that was my mistake. I raced horrible. There's a lot of apologies I need to give out. And I don't know if everyone's going to really accept them. I mean, Denny Hamlin says it is on like Donkey Kong right now. So we'll have to keep an eye on this rivalry here in the next coming weeks. But Ross Chastain did make a bunch of enemies. Now, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was another person who made quite a few enemies as he took out Bubba Wallace and Denny Hamlin was pissed off after he saw that incident. I mean, Denny Hamlin is the owner of the number 23 machine. So for him to see that, he was definitely upset about it. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr., after having such an impressive run, four top tens in a row, it all falls flat on his face, and he finishes 32nd overall in this race. Definitely an absolute huge bummer. I thought the consistency was going to keep going, but now everyone comes back to the good old Recky Spinhouse nickname after this incident. I mean, for God's sakes, they zoomed in on a person's t-shirt that said, no, Ricky, no, and that's very embarrassing. So we'll see if he can recover at Sonoma, but it looks like that top 10 streak has come to an end, and hopefully there's a site in the future where that can happen for him again. But looking at the schedule moving forward, it might be really tough for that number 47 team. Overall, this race was actually a really decent one. I know for the first half, a lot of people were getting very scared, and I was too. It looked like it was going to be one of those more boring races that we've seen at the short racetracks or Texas. 
But thank goodness that everyone started to figure out it was a one-lane racetrack, and we saw a lot of bumping and banging, and actually a lot of passing going on up front. Once again, another race you could not predict the winner within the first half of the race. You had to stay and watch it. And the fans really loved it. You could see how pumped they were. I mean, when you see people going nuts for Joey Logano and Kyle Busch, you know you got a good racetrack. And that is why they've added it onto the schedule once again for next season. I think it's well-deserved for a spot after that performance. Good job by everyone here and the next gen cars once again perform not too many tire incidents by Goodyear and it looks like when there was tire incidents it was kind of to be blamed on the teams so that is what it is but overall really good race here I think it's worth a rewatch on the highlights at the pure minimum I wouldn't say it was the best race of the season but definitely more in the top half rather than the back half a lot of fun here and I can't wait to see what worldwide technology raceway can provide for the cup series next season And that is the final segment of today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Lots of fun here this weekend as far as new tracks went. A lot of good racing. I, I'd say the Truck Series put on a good race. Portland put on a wacky race. And then the Cup Series had a really decent race for sure. So overall, a lot of fun for the racing fans. As next week, we go to Sonoma for the Truck Series and the Cup Series. Again, I'd love to be at that racetrack, but unfortunately, I am going to miss it since I will be at my brother's graduation. You can't miss that. But maybe uh, definitely next year I'm going to do everything I can to try to make it to the Sonoma race. And then we'll see. I think Las Vegas will be my next cup race. So stay tuned for that. I will keep you guys updated. Uh, make sure to check out our Fantasy League if you are interested in our Fantasy League as it's been really exciting. This week, let's look at the top three. We had quite a few people score 200 plus points, seven to be exact. But the top three drivers were Max Thunder. 54 and CD Derby Boy 88 RCN. Both of you scored 217 points. Phenomenal job by you guys. You guys did an excellent job in this. And finishing third was Daytona Johnny scoring 208 points. Congratulations to everyone who scored 200 plus points this weekend in fantasy. You guys did really good. Unfortunately, a lot of the drivers I said to take a chance on did not really provide that many points. But if you picked some of the Toyota camp as well as some of the Penske drivers, then you did good overall. And hopefully you guys learned that keeping an eye on practice and qualifying is definitely going to be beneficial because I did not think Joey Logano was going to be a top-tier driver. But after seeing practice, I was like, yeah, he's going to win that race. But if you do want to follow us or join us on our Fantasy League, it's at fantasygames.nascar.com and NASCAR Field Fillers League. If you want to watch daily videos from me, you can do so on either TikTok at VanillaWafers44 or on YouTube at VanillaWafers. I post the same videos. I'm thinking about doing some adjustments to that, guys, because... I got a little, I'm getting a little burned out on some stuff. I think I overdid it on quite a few things and also got some personal stuff going on as far as my current job. Uh, one day this may potentially be my job is doing all this NASCAR stuff. But for now, my current job has actually been really busy right now. So I have to get that all straightened out. Hopefully we can go back to some, some normal daily videos as well as the podcast episodes with no problems with me, me having a b- bunch of energy. But again, that's at Vanilla Wafers 44 and at Vanilla Wafers. Above all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to feel up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.